You are listening to Get Real Podcast. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. I am dangerous, you understand? First, I wave my magic wand and say the magic word, a la peanut butter sandwiches. Let's receive our evening offering this evening and uh, give you a chance to raise your income. Nothing. This trick never works. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, I'm the only magician I know who can't pull a rabbit out of a hat. Dan, when you and I were doing the Get Real program on terrestrial radio in Charleston, South Carolina, there was something that we talked about a lot. We actually made fun of because a lot of it is actually very silly. Uh, and that's the prosperity gospel. I just started to really look at it from a different perspective now that we're out of a cult and that the Lord's opening our eyes to different things. And not only is this doctrine silly in a lot of ways i didn't realize how hideous yeah, it is it's really demonic under it, the surface it's a very demonic under the surface and we're very excited today to have with us back with us on the get real podcast our friend from down under stacy collier good day. good day, good day, stacy is that is that better is that a better australian accent Man, that's horrible <laughs> it's gotten worse <laughs> oh no well that's just the proof of the devolution of mankind right there my accent is getting worse <laughs> stacy as you know we talked to her a few months ago about the comic strip that she's doing for us and if, if you haven't checked out the get real podcast comic strip that stacy's been doing you can do so at lithoscry.com this girl has got an awesome sense of humor and a few weeks ago, she sent me an email with an attachment. She's like, well, I'm sorry, this is not a, another comic strip. This is something different. This is a paper that I wrote for school. And the paper she wrote is The Prosperity Gospel, Money is the Root of God's Blessings. Now, I read it, and I was like, wow. I mean, just the insights. And Stacy's going to talk to us about the insights that she's gained from this. And it's kind of exciting, Dan, because we are letting a young raven spread her wings right here. Yeah, it's amazing. I read it. You were blown away. You're like, Dan, you got to you got to read what Stacy wrote. And it, it, was it, it was. But before we do that, Stacy, you've got uh, a little incident that occurred at Stacy's house last night that you want to share with us. That's actually quite uh, humorous. What what happened while you were making some desserts last night? Yeah, it was really cool. I was making a deep fried dessert and I was distracted because my sister was playing some Michael Bublé music videos. So <laughs> I was just dancing along to them. And then I, I look back at this, the frying pan and then there's heaps of sm smoke coming up and then bam, there's a fire. So we call our mom or well, actually um, I'm screaming, fire, fire. But mom probably thinks it's just me screaming like I usually do. So it took her a while. But then she came and tried to save the day. Oh, I, no. How did you get like it out? We had a fire blanket. Okay. We fine. had a fire blanket which could sort of uh, uh, made it smaller. But then we 
um, called the Fire Brigade because we we needed to be safe. Wow. The so Fire I, Brigade I came? Thought, yeah, the Fire Brigade came. It was just a, a little thing. You but know it, it could have been bad. You know what it was? It was the Michael Buble music. Start burning the house. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Actually, I like, that's good music. I like Mike. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so Michael Buble burnt my house down. <laughs> send the bill to Michael Buble. Uh, we'll look up his agent's address and we'll send that we'll send that bill. Stacy, uh, I don't think it literally means that you need to be on fire for the Lord. <laughs> that sounds like a Bethel worship service. <laughs> oh, yes. It, that. Oh, that's that's okay. That's that's all right. And what blows my mind, Stacy, is that you wrote this paper for school. Did you get a grade on this paper? Uh, well, I meant to, but I actually haven't got it. I was away the day I got the people got the results back, so I'm unsure. But I would assume I did decently well. Okay, okay. And also yeah. at school, I'd love to go to Stacy's school one day because you had a talent show recently too. Can you tell us a little bit oh, about yeah. what you did at the talent show? Oh yeah, I got to play um, uh, some bass. So I, I played uh, my bass guitar of the song Mouth Like a Magazine by Showbread. And if you don't know who Showbread is, they're a Christian hardcore band who are like Screamer. And the kids these days don't really like Screamer. So <laughs> they were kind of surprised and scared when the um, MP3 came in the background as I started blasting out some bass. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I'd love to see oh, the face of the kids. Points for boldness. Stacy, call you. Please report to the principal's <laughs> office. Stacy, I'm yeah. a little concerned. Uh, why all the screaming? We hear you about burnt your parents' house down. <laughs> and you're writing these papers about the prosperity gospel. Is that, is that even better? Am I getting better no, this morning? Um, I'm not either. I'm, I'm just. I'm just going to give. I'm just going to try it up. at the end. I've been working on a couple of things. So, okay. Stacy, from your research that you've done. What is the prosperity gospel and where did it come from? How did this mess come about? Yes, well, the prosperity gospel um, first came, well, I mean, first of all, just to disclose, I'm not a professional, so I might have a few facts wrong. We're not I, professionals either, be, so. <laughs> I'll try and be accurate. From my research, there was a movement called New, New Thought, which was somewhat Christianity-based, but it was the idea that because God created the earth and we're created in God's image, therefore we can create things. So if we speak something, we can speak something into existence, which you see in New Age with the positive affirmations and stuff. So it's similar to that, but a Christian form. And New Thought started to merge with Pentecostalism, which is the branch of Christianity where it's Holy Spirit and evangelism. And then it became known as the Faith Movement or the Word of Faith. And that, that started to gain popularity in the 1970s. And then the Word of Faith is the same as the Prosperity Gospel, but um, just different words for it because it's more of a mocking title so you you might hear people who listen to the word of word of faith people and they'll say yes this is from the word of faith movement but it it's like a gentler label than for the prosperity gospel because the prosperity gospel is a lot more confronting biblically where you think okay i don't think this is very christian 
So, you know, um, word of faith is more like the sugar-coated term, and maybe there's slight differences, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. Stacy, I have a question. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. Did you see this obviously, or was it? do you have a family member that maybe hurls a shoe at the television if Kenneth Copeland comes on, or is there, was there something in your upbringing where you were kind of like, yeah, that's, that's flaky, this is not of God, or was it obvious to you, or, or, or both, just in your discerning of things? Well, I grew up in a church which um, was um, sort of prosperity gospel, but not to a full extreme. So it was very um, make you feel happy. God loves you. Um, give us money. You know, don't sin, but we're not really going to talk about sin. But just don't do it. But if you do, God still loves you, which is true. And so I, I kind of just grew up thinking, okay, this is this is the church. That's I, I have I. Back then, I didn't read my Bible, so I, I didn't have anything to compare what real church is to what my church was. So I thought, like, yes, okay, God wants you to be happy and prosperous. But as I got older, I started getting more into the the, the, word, um, the scriptures. And, and just because Jesus suffered on the cross doesn't mean he eliminated suffering for the rest of the world. We wow. still suffer. Yes. And then all, all the apostles, they like were persecuted and the Bible prophesies like these days Christians are still going to get persecuted. So suffering is just the completely most unbiblical thing a, a Christian could say that you're not going to suffer. And Stacy, for our listeners as well, you are 17 years old? Is yes. that correct? Oh, no, 17 in, in a few days. Okay. okay. Oh, happy early yeah. birthday. Yeah, happy okay. early. Well, I'm yeah. amazed at your grasp upon these things. I'm amazed at your discernment. A lot of kids your age are obsessed with uh, selfies and uh, pizza party or whatever. It's whatever just, it is. This days. is deep, heavy stuff, discerning the difference between glaring error and a lot of it's heresy. The underpinnings of it are definitely heresy. But it's and for you to see that, take an interest in it, do research, you're you're going against the grain of your whole generation, not just in the music that you like, but in in uh, a lot of things. That's that's amazing. One of the things in reading this paper, Stacy, that really came to light in my mind is that yes, we've got these word of faith and prosperity churches and word of faith and prosperity preachers, but it became very clear and apparent to me how much that this false doctrine has permeated almost all of Christianity in some way, shape, or form. Dan, when you and I were in the cult, one of the big mantras was, was that, well, the more you give to the leaders, the more God's going to give back. Yeah. And that never worked very well. Yeah, I never got my I No, never, never got it. And it's permeated. And a lot of people... Uh, they get shipwrecked in their faith because they believe these false teachings. And you made a very good point of what you did is that you went to the Bible and you went to see what was in there. And when you actually start reading scripture, it totally goes against the grain of everything that these clowns, and that's the best way that I would describe it, yeah. uh, clowns are, are saying. And when you watch them, it's it's disgusting and, and silly. And in the new age aspect of this, it's really... You know, we call it New Age, but it goes back to Babylonian mystery religion. And something that we've been talking about here on the podcast is white witchcraft. I mean, for me to think that I can stand there and speak something into existence as a little God, uh, 
you know, to a lost person, most lost people will be like, man, that's absurd. And you know what? That is absurd. Me do it, casting a spell to get God to do something and create something. That's just, it, it's heresy. I mean, it's, it's the going, oldest lie in the book. Going around the personhood of the Trinity. You know, oh, oh, you're exactly. just, no, I don't, I don't need to pray. I'm going to speak that brother, you know, yeah, and just, just to expand on that. I think, um, a reason that a lot of people are attracted to this, the, idea of having this power is because as um, sinful by, by birth we're like interested in being selfish and we want we want to be God I mean until we die to ourselves and realize that we can't be God God is God but before then we want to be God and we want to be able to do the things he does and I think that's like the compel what compels like people into these sorts of um, religions like with, with sorcery and stuff. That's a really good point because even some of the people that we've talked to that had gotten into the occult and into witchcraft, they had things in their lives that they were insecure about. They had wounds. They felt out of control about certain things and they wanted to get in control of those things. And I mean, we've talked about it here. The world is a messed up place. It's difficult to navigate. Uh, it's hard. There's going to be times that you have feast. There's going to be times that you have famine, making provision, working. That's hard stuff. And what the prosperity gospel promises is if you do this, then God's going to uh, prosper you and, and make it easier. And those trials and tribulations that we have as believers, I believe, and from my experience, God's doing that to, to test our faith and to help us grow in faith and, and in trust in, in him. When you brought up suffering, um, just with that really astute revelation that you had about, about the prosperity gospel, you think about a lot of different situations in Scripture. For example, in the Hall of Faith, or what's called as the Hall of Faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11, at the I think it's near the end of it, where it talks about that you know these people were going through things. Some of them were sawn in two. They were sawn asunder. That's probably referring to Isaiah. It was talking about they... Um, you know, were cut down with the sword, The there was fire, there were lion's dens, there were all these things that don't sound like, um, yeah, I got my mansion, my lakefront mansion and my new Learjet, right? Because I spoke it into existence. Also, if you look at the people that loved and followed Christ, think about it. Which of the disciples or even James, the brother of the Lord, or they all were murdered. They were martyrs, almost every single one of them. So it's like, look at this great, how could you, with that glaring evidence in front of you, take this nonsense seriously? It's a real demonic blindness. And, I, and the beauty of it, I, I just, I'm amazed. I'm so excited to hear a young person just be blessed with that revelation. That's a special thing God's doing in your life, Stacy. That's really, really cool. Because a lot of people in the United States, I'm embarrassed. We have these huge mega churches where people believe all this stuff hook, line, and sinker. And sadly, I don't think a lot of them even know the gospel, the real gospel at all. I don't think so. And it's easy to see, though, how people can get caught up in this real easy, especially during tough times. And it's interesting that this kind of started to take flight during the 70s, Dan, and then during the 80s. Uh, you remember... Uh, the televangelists here in the United States that were begging for money and all the scandals and everything like that. And the 80s was a period of opulence. So, I mean, you got an excess, really. 
you got all this going on at the same time to kind of give a little bit of false credence to the prosperity gospel of the excess that was just going on in the 80s. Well, my thing, and Stacey, I want to get your feedback on this. It's like usually prosperity ministries are located like on the edge of Houston, a rich Texas oil town, or they're right beside Dallas or in Orlando, or, you know, they're in that some of those, the United States, as far as our prosperity is, is a global anomaly. We were blessed in different ways, just geographically to be away from a lot of wars to, you know, have a lot of stuff going on. So people think it's like, wouldn't you want to take your prosperity ministry to Calcutta, to Tegucigalpa, right? Wouldn't you want to go right. to somewhere that's to Somalia? Wouldn't that be awesome? If it was real, why wouldn't you take it there and not be sitting there going, let's pick one of the most prosperous places in one of the most prosperous countries during one of the most prosperous times and just try to make this sound like the semblance of eternal truth? Ugh. Yucky. But yeah, tell us more about what you've observed. Uh, well, the main thing about the prosperity gospel, the the main things I've got out of it is they take um, Bible verses out of context because you can't like be in a church and not even like talk about the script scriptures if you're ca- calling yourself a Christian. You have to at least add a scripture to your sermon. So. They extract scriptures from the Bible and just throw them around until it suits what they want to say. And I have a great example. Today I was just mucking around with my family and I read a verse in Galatians and it said uh, something around the lines of, we're no longer male or female, or uh, but now we're one in Christ. There's a more to the verse, but I, I forget things. And then I went to my mom and I said, Mom, did you know the Bible says I'm not a female? So it's it's like getting out of context like that. It's it's really silly when when you compare it to like the context of scripture. But when you're in a, being preached to by a prosperity sermon guy, he, he, you're kind of just taking his word because um, if you're in a prosperity gospel, it's likely you don't actually read your Bible in a in a consistent sort of way where you're reading from start to finish because if you do that you probably should realize that you're in a prosperity gospel church and you shouldn't be there the scary thing too is that this is the oldest lie that's ever been this is the original original doctrinal deception this was yeah god when um god had made the command you know, you may freely eat, you can enjoy everything, but this one tree. And then what happened? What was the, you think about what the devil offered to Eve. And he basically said, look, God is holding out on you. He knows that if you partake of this, you'll actually become a God, right? Yeah. He was basically, he'll know that yeah. he'll become like one of us, right? As the Trinity, you know, referring to that. So he's basically saying, God's holding out on you. You know, and then she said, well, it does look good for food. It looks like it will benefit me in all these different ways. When she partook of that, then he, she was making herself. It wasn't just, oh, delicious fruit. It was, oh, the sinister accusation against God. Yes. And God's scared that if I eat this, I'm going to become God too. 
And that's what these doctrines incense, what they do. And all of these things, they're all demonic. There's a whole nother side of this that we could get into. But when you look in Genesis, you'll see the prosperity gospel being offered. Eve, you want to have God-like power? You want to be on the same level as God? All you got to do. And then she did that. And think about what they're offering. You have this creative force in your mouth, this tongue that can, can you don't need to go to God. You on your own are a small God. They even preach that. Copeland preaches oh, that. Oh, he does. He does. And he yes. talks yeah. about, um, he made this statement and about, and this is a paraphrase because I don't have it right in front of me, but it was essentially when God said, I am, then he said, I am too, bless God, and used it in a sense that of, I mean, I, I feel nervous even saying that, but look at the demonic core of where that comes from. Think about it. Ugh. Eerie, eerie yeah. stuff. Yeah, and even um, if you watch some of the prosperity gospel teachers like Copeland, uh, when I've seen little clips, sometimes like they might laugh, laugh or something, and just the way they laugh, it just seems really creepy. Yes. And like there's some warning signs. Yes, you're exactly right. As a matter of fact, there's a book that I recommend for all of our listeners to read. It was written in the early 1900s. It's called War on the Saints, and it talks about the difference between what is truly of the Holy Spirit and what's of the of satan and what's demonic and all of the facial cues all of the mm. hollow laughter meet all the criteria for what's demonic uh it's in that book war on the saints you can get it on amazon.com it, it's a really really old book it takes forever to read and you have to read it several times to actually grasp it um but it's a really really good book to read listen as kind of a preface uh, to our listeners we enjoy this type of discussion especially when a young person gets this from the Holy Ghost. It's a beautiful thing. Normally, Glenn, we try to use restraint as far as calling out names. Yes. But Copeland is so glaringly demonic, in my opinion, Yes, in what he believes, what he teaches, the way he looks, everything about that that possession. Yes, and I guess I am saying that I do think he's kind of that he's possessed. Yeah, I, 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 I believe at so it. too. Yes. I do not see it as redemptive. Um, listen, we have listeners that are there's a broad camp. It's not that there's a broad way, but there's people that you got tongue talkers, you got people that are not tongue talkers, you got Baptists, Baptocostals, you got Charismatics and Pentecostals, you have Methodists and Presbyterians, and we're all brethren in the real gospel. Yeah. So Glenn and I have been all over the map on those, and we can fellowship with people on every single level of those different things mm -hmm. around the real gospel. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then we're brethren. Those secondary issues and some of them more important than others that people could have long discussions on, that's cool, but it doesn't really divide us. We love we yep. love talking with people and we're not scared of yep. any of that. There, there's something I want to bring up real quick for our listeners uh, to help them in what we're talking about here. And Dan, you just brought it up about naming names. And I went to scripture this morning and I was looking at it last night to see if there was any biblical precedent for that. And yes, there is, especially when it comes to tainting the gospel and becoming a stumbling block for Christ. And Paul did it on several, several occasions. He talked about Alexander the coppersmith who caused him great trouble. And not only did he point out Alexander the coppersmith, but said, you know, let God let him uh, receive his reward from God. So he turned over that issue to God to, to deal with yeah, him. Paul didn't mince no, words. No, he, he didn't mince words. So we're not doing this just to be divisive or to say, hey, well, hey, we've got exclusive truth over here because uh, what we're saying really isn't new anyway. We're just putting it in a different form for, for a different listenership. So he pointed that out. And there was another one. There, there was uh, Hymenaeus as well, 
And he said that him and Aeus and Alexander, again, made a shipwreck of the faith. And that reminded me of how we say things today are a train wreck. And that's what we're dealing with with the prosperity gospel. It's It's, it's absolute train wreck. It's very clearly another Jesus and another gospel and a demonic lie. It's horrible. Yes, it's Jesus Melendez, not not Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jesus said he would forgive me. Yeah, hey, there he is. Well, yeah. Where? He's washing his car. He's my neighbor, <laughs> Jesus Melendez. Yeah. No, but it's, <laughs> there is a ministry that I really appreciate. And Stacy, you might be able to access this, should be able to through uh, via YouTube um, in Australia. It is called What Shall I Cry Ministries? Glenn, look at this picture, okay? This is the guy, he was a heavy-duty drunkard. He was big-time into just lost. Uh-huh. He heard the real gospel, he got saved, and now he's a minister in the United States. But he's got this ministry. It's very interesting. Stacy. what he'll do is he'll take a false teacher that is teaching the false gospel, and he'll be like, okay, let's just uh, put them head-to-head with a real gospel preacher. And they're, they're, it'll be like they're both teaching the same chapter in Hebrews or Romans or in Mark. And he'll let it go so that the false teacher starts out and about five minutes into, then he'll switch to the other guy. And it does such a dramatic exposure of, of heresy, of false doctrine, of just powerlessness, and of real stupidity. Usually these people have to dumb it down and make it very much like you know, they're like, a stitch in time saves nine. And the crowd goes wild. Oh, yeah, and they start throwing money at you. And you build a mega church with 40,000 people. I, I don't get it. It's really stupid. But it's What Shall I Cry Ministries on YouTube. I love this guy. And he, then he'll stop it every now and again. And he'll make some kind of appropriate, smart comment. But it's enjoyable to me. <laughs> you were talking about the, the weirdness and the creepiness of this. And I want to dive into a little bit more of the creepy. Because in your paper, one of the things you talk about is the tie with the prosperity gospel or the word of faith and faith healing. And one of the things that you brought up in your paper is a man of the 19th century. He was a mystic, Gregory Rasputin. Can you talk to us about that a little bit and how that ties into word of faith and the, and the healing movement as well? Yeah, um, well, I chose to um, add some little history from about Gregory Rasputin because uh, a little backstory just for the randomness of giving your backstory is my name is Stacy and the long name for Stacy is Anastasia. Not that my full name's Anastasia, it's still Stacy, but I pretend it's Anastasia when I'm watching the movie Anastasia <laughs> about the um, princess lady uh, and like the whole family was like some sort of like historical thing. And then in the family met Rasputin and that guy um, was trying to heal. He like said he had like mystic powers and stuff and he was invited into the Tsar's family with me as in Anastasia, the princess, to um to heal um one of the sons of hemophilia, which is a genetic disease where you bleed a lot and you could die from overbleeding because your blood doesn't clot the way it's meant to. So uh, the thing about Rasputin is there's n- no, not true evidence as to if he did heal the boy, even though the boy was said to be healed by him. And there's no full conclusion as to why um, he was healed. But the theories are that Rasputin 
healed the boy by laying on hands the boy, which is like faith healing, or um, praying for the boy, uh, or what was the other one? I'm trying to think. There was another one. Uh, I can't remember it for now, but it, it was like laying hands, praying, oh yeah, and, and denying the boy aspirin. That was the other one. And these are things which you see in the prosperity, or, or more so um, not just prosperity movement, but also if you see like those um, freelancer healers walking around churches, just going from church to church healing people. A faith healer will teach people that um, to be healed, it's all about faith, hence the name faith healing. And you need enough faith for God to heal you because God's not, you know, God's going to only heal you with enough faith. I like that you bring up this point because I want our listeners to understand this. Satan performs healings as well. When I was reading your, oh, yeah. yeah, when I was reading, yeah, Rasputin was a demonic, uh, it was weird a demonic dude. weird dude. And when I started reading what you wrote about Rasputin, it reminded me of Janus and Jambres in the court of uh, Pharaoh with Moses, and Moses throws down his rod. It becomes a snake, and then you know they throw down their oh, yeah. their rod, yeah, and they I of that as well. yeah, they, yeah, they mimic the the miracles of God. But the the cool thing about it is Moses's uh, serpent ate up all the other ones, so that shows who's who. Um, that's kind we, of a mic drop moment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when even really meekly, most meekest man in the world, he's like, mic drop. <laughs> right there, we your, <laughs> there we go. There we there we go. I've started. I have taken. I've been afflicted by this i broke my leg skateboarding on Mm -hmm. a on a half pipe um when i was 18 and i still had a um i was a skater i I thought you were gonna say last week oh yeah last week yeah i'm 48 (laughs) i was going for a hand plant well i i broke my leg really badly so i had a cast like all the way up to my hip so i hit it hard so long story short, I went to a huge meeting of um, a lot of Word of Faithy people. It wasn't all that. There were some great people that were there, but a lot of them were Word of Faithy. Let's just put it that way. It was, I like that term. It was Word of Faith-esque, right? I got there and I have this huge cast on my leg. And do you know that Paul, uh, Paul and Jan Crouch were there? From TVN. Really? And okay. I, she prayed for my leg. Okay. Which is interesting. And that she was a nice lady. I don't I don't like TBN. But um, she was a very nice lady. And I met a lot of other people. But the people that were attending this conference, everybody that saw me with a cast on my leg was like, whoa, that's the opportunity for a sign and for a wonder. Oh, bro. And then they start getting this weird look in their eye. They took me into a room and said, we want to pray for your leg. And I was like, "That oh, okay. And I let them pray for me. They wanted me to get up on a four-foot stage and jump off. Oh, wow. I kid you not. I'm, I had just, I'm 18 years old. I've got all these different people. My leg was broken a month before. It still throbs in pain. And they were basically insinuating that if I didn't have the faith, it was probably, it may have been a five foot. This is a big auditorium, okay, with a stage and uh, in Anaheim, California. And they were like, jump, jump. The, their ch- and I, you know why I didn't? I sat there and I was concerned about my dad's testimony and whether or not he was saved. And I said, if I don't have enough faith, because I wanted to, kind of. I was like, dude, I'm just going to go for it. You know, God will heal me on the way down. But I didn't really believe that. But I wanted, I was like, well, this is God. But then at the same time, I thought, if I don't have enough faith, 
and I do this, my dad will never listen to anybody to do a church again. Wow. And I didn't do it. And I got away from them. And I was like, and I did sense that I was like, this is creepy. There's like all these, you know, fat people tell me to jump off a stage. It was weird. Yeah, I, it reminds me of um, it, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. And then the last temptation the devil gave was jump off this um, cliffing. Oh, wow. Jumping off. Yeah. Wow. And then you have me, a brain tumor survivor, who was completely healed and it had nothing to do with my amount of faith. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to work it. As a matter of fact, most of the time during the process of the healing, you know, I still you know, had faith in the Lord, but it was part of that. It was the height of that desert walk. And mm-hmm. in that desert walk, I was not living right at all. Uh, it, was not, it was not a good situation. But God in his sovereignty yeah. saw it fit. I did nothing. Nothing in me would have merited God's favor in being completely healed from that from that tumor. Nothing. Mm. Nothing at all. I didn't. There was nothing good, and there, there still isn't. And, and biblical faith is not new age clamoring to get something. Real biblical faith is hope in the goodness of God, get bringing us a messiah bringing us new life it's the whole ball of wax it's it's when jesus said to somebody your faith has made you well he went to the children of israel first and then he goes and sees a lame person or a deaf person or blind and then he says occasionally he would say your faith has made you well i don't think he was saying those summoned faculties of focusing your will of going i want to get what i want to get it had nothing to do with that it had the hope in God's goodness. When the Bible says that his goodness leads us to repentance, mm-hmm. it's in this lostness of going, whoa, I hear the law. I look at the, the bloody rituals that they're doing in the sacrificial system. I, we go and we bring turtle doves and lambs and, and they're slaying a, a red heifer. They're doing all these different things on my behalf. Oh, for the the touch of the Messiah. Oh, for his goodness. And those temporal miracles were for them to live long enough or for a sign for others to confirm the word that all leads back to the gospel where the Lamb of God was taking away the sin of the world. It's the root. The root is not, oh, I can be likened to him. I can be likened to God knowing good and evil. I could sit there and use the creative force of my tongue to, to do what I want. One of the most grieving parts of this, other than the overt blasphemy and the foundations of just corrupt heresy, is that there's an estrangement that happens with God's children. Somebody gets newly saved. I did. I was in the word of faith because I was like, okay. Both you and I were. I got saved in Baptist circles, and it was the gospel. It was decently presented. My mom was a woman of prayer, is a woman of prayer, and I got saved, and then I was like, whoa, I started reading the Word, and I was like, well, I believe I'm one of those, somebody says, are you a secessionist? No. Am I uh, charismatic? No-ish. You know, God does what He wants to, and I don't like either camp, really, because the, the, the charismatics have let the world down. Hear me. If you're on the Pentecostal and charismatic side, I love you, but you could probably learn something by listening to John MacArthur, who is a hardcore secessionist which I don't agree with that, and he wouldn't let me within 400 feet of his pulpit. No, But at the same time, I love the man. But my point is this. 
God's children, you know where it talks about the hearts of the children being turned away from the Father? When you get into selfish doctrines, when you get into selfish doctrines, ones that say, hey, you don't have to go ask daddy. You don't have to go and, 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 you know, be worried about asking amiss. Why don't you take power, authority, and dominion in the earth and go do whatever you want for yourself? And what begins to happen, you spoil the child. So now all of a sudden, think of it. How disillusioned are you? Stacy? if you go and you are really wanting a brand new bass guitar, the very best, you want a $3,000 bass guitar, and you're like, wow, I just want this. I declare this. I speak this into existence. I stand in faith, and you do it. And then even the guitar that you have breaks and doesn't work anymore. Are you disillusioned? God's not hearing me. You either do one or two things. You either mar the image and glory of God because he's not giving you what you want when you want it. And you become spoiled by this doctrine that tells you, oh, you." it's like a, a friend that would corrupt like, uh, a woman at, at work gets a divorce, and then she starts talking to one of her girlfriends who's kind of in a rough patch in her marriage. She's like, men are just... So she starts destroying that woman's yeah. marriage. It's like that. It's that destructive. So what happens is the heart of the kids, the heart of God's children, start feeling entitled. They start feeling spoiled. They start feeling like, whoa, so if all of a sudden they get... What is biblical? That you might get persecuted. That you you said it, Stacy. That you may suffer, and that suffering may be the will of God. In Absolutely, fact, suffering is usually the prerequisite for glory. So you want more of the glory of God in your life. Those people are like on the stage, glory, glory, and they're, <laughs> it's, the you know, glory it's all about the dollar. It's all about their new Cadillac. It's all about whatever, but it has little to nothing to do with suffering or death to self. And you said both of those things like within two seconds. Two seconds. I like, love ah. this. I love this. And I get concerned with any preacher whose last name is Dollar. Oh yeah, that, that you know really what I was scares. trying to do, Stacy. I feel bad. I feel bad because I don't feel. Like I completed my preparation for this interview. You know why? All I could think about during the week, we knew we were going to be talking to you. And I'm like, okay, I got to come up with, um, in an Australian accent, I have to be able to say, you know, well, Joe Lowstein <laughs> and wait, hold on. Joe Lowstein and, uh, and Creflo Dollar walk into a pub. I was going to try to make a joke. And I was like, okay, let's see if Kenneth Copeland's watch falls off into the woods and goes into a puddle and goes kaplunk. Does it really make a sound? And I was trying to think of like five different jokes about, about word of faith preachers, but I couldn't really do it. And my accent is not as good as I think it is, other than if I say, guide a sandwich. Guide a sandwich. <laughs> it's the only thing I can well, utter. Well, Dan, Dan, your accent is much better than Glenn's. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. man. I've been speaking that into life all week. I will be better yeah. than Glenn. I will. I stand in faith. Thank you. No wonder my life has been all messed up this week. You've been put, putting the hex on me there, brother, with that word. Well, of faith you, when you're a little god, you got to wield it. <laughs> Stacy, what are some of the indicators that somebody's uh, of, of word of faith doctrine? You list those in your paper that you wrote. Can you give us some indicators that what you might be listening to is word of faith yeah okay um in in the order of what i wrote because i have the paper in front of me because i have a bad memory but the first one is faith uh, and they're in no particular order but I, i've ordered them anyway um faith and 
uh, the faith is presented as an amount, which to some degree, I guess you could say faith is somewhat of a, an amount if you have like weak faith or strong faith. But this faith is like, oh, you need enough faith so you can get healed. And if you don't get healed, it's because you don't have enough faith. So it's faith based on results. Uh, and that's like uh, something common in the prosperity gospel sermons. It yeah. sounds like the works next, to me. Um, oh, yeah. It is definitely works based. Uh, the next one is image. So a past is like it's a past of face, like in bookstores, um, in church promos, concert promos. And it's just like you just see this one pastor and like it's just like um, advertising but of a pastor's face. Um, and the next one is prosperity, as we've been mentioning, is where um, there's no suffering. It's all about living now and God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, they completely dismiss the after, well, I mean, they don't dismiss the afterlife, I guess, so much. They'll probably say, oh yeah, you, you'll all go to heaven, don't worry about it, you'll be fine. But really, it's what they're preaching about mainly is all about now, and that you're going to be rich and famous now, because that's apparently what God wills for your life. And the church um, begs for lots of money. Um, and even um, just as a, a personal story, the one of the churches I used to attend got taken over by a, a new church. And I was just looking at their website recently, and I found out that this church is like, there's a lot of churches around the world, so it's not just like one church. But they were asking on their website, they were saying they're $30 million in debt, and they're asking for our donations to help them not be in debt. And that just, oh, that gets me so so mad to just hear that, like, that much money when you could be helping the community with $30 million, not making big churches expensive. Oh, and wow. the final thing, uh, yeah, the final thing about the prosperity gospels of this small list I made is um, supernatural. And I'm I'm not saying that, like, the Holy Spirit does not exist anymore because that would go against the Bible. But um, these prosperity gospel and also like Word of Faith and NAR movements, they, they all um, distort the um, Holy Spirit into a more eerie sort of... And of course there's exceptions, but it seems that it's been distorted into a more eerie and more demonic sort of way of getting the Holy Spirit, so like a counterfeit spirit to try and, like the the snakes that competed with Moses' snake, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. heavy truth. That's good I, stuff. I love it. This is, this is really encouraging and exciting, and it's exciting to be a part of seeing young people like this have this revelation and this level of discernment at 17. Man, when I was 17... I wasn't even saved, so I mean, my level of discernment was like zero. You know, you you might have thought of this, maybe not, or if it's something that might be on your heart, but you could use your comic book skills to illustrate some of these heavy truths. Yes. You know, it's like imagine an episode. You're like, um, let's see, uh, Kenneth Copeland goes into a pub, 
<laughs> Bailey's up to the bar and he says, uh, give me a Gator sandwich. And then all of a sudden he notices it's, it's Joyce Meyer is the bartender. <laughs> And then she's like, can I grab you another Foster's? And then he's like, slide me a pint. You know, and he gets a, his pint and he's, um, I don't, I don't. <laughs> We're going somewhere. I'm going to invent. I, you yes. know what? That's, that's it. We're going to make millions because I'm going to make a joke book about prosperity. Preachers. Well, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, How, and I'll be the comic strip illustrator. There you go. There, I'm going to cut got, you in. We're partners. Perfect. 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 I, uh, after hearing about the pictures of the pastor's faces plastered all over everybody, I'm going to have the billboard removed from I-26 of Dan and Glenn for the Get Real podcast with the, with the mechanical waving arm. No, oh, I wanna, welcome I, to South Carolina. I, I want my teeth to be so white that like cars are like, they're like running off the road. It's like that, that sparkle bing, you know, I'm like, whoa. And here's the, here's the thing is that when a lost person who's hungry for righteousness and hungry they they've got this weight upon them of their sin and they see the stupidity and i'm going to call it for what it is the stupidity of the prosperity the guy in the nice you know suit with the white pearly you know teeth and the the well coiffed hair and that's one of the reasons why we didn't do video this morning is that we're both looking a little little ragged my coiffed is off and the coif is off <laughs> um it's a stumbling block because it's not it's not real and one of the songs that I appreciate from the 80s from Genesis was Jesus, He Knows Me, where they mocked the prosperity yeah, preachers. Yeah. Great video. Everybody go watch that on YouTube. Great, great song. And it really lays it out what what the problem is. Yeah, there was something on my heart. Oh, the charisma, not in the sense of believing in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, but I think it's, it's, it's worth mentioning that you do need to be careful in our day and time with media culture and clicks, right? When you have charisma and you're a, you're funny or you can tell a good story or you can, oh, <laughs> Lord, yeah. all those guys have this like, um, I don't know, I'm on a cocaine bender, I'm an infomercial guy and I've got all yeah. this energy and it mimics spiritual endowment of power. It mimics the ability that an anointed preacher would have to be able to break the word of truth properly and do it maybe in an entertaining way, maybe do it in a very clear way. And it is sensual often to listen to. You'll hear them going again on War, uh, War on the Saints. Yeah. You'll hear them, they'll have this certain voice, they'll have a rasp in their voice, or they'll have just this um, almost a hypnotic sort of guru sound to them. And you can pick this charisma off. So they, they've got, and a lot of them have personality disorders. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to be that demonically selfish if you have any empathy. You know? Yeah. If unsaved people can look and go, look at this thief. Yep. Thief. Right? Yeah. And, and other people just don't notice it. It's, I do think you have to be careful about valuing talent, charisma, speaking ability, right? I love, this is so beautiful. Even the example, Stacy is young. She's humbly going over a paper that God led her to research and to write, and it's got all these heavy truths in it. And she's constantly going, I, I don't have a good memory, and I'm, I'm reading through this. And you're reading it, and you're like, oh, no, I'm going around in circles. You are laying out heavy truth. This is heavy truth. Anointed truth, but it's not with a, bless God, you know, every five seconds of saying something and showboating some sort of um charismatic skill in the sense of uh personality yep. you know 
Yeah. It's, that's uh, this is a blessing. That's heavy truth, yeah, man. I, I'm so excited about this, what we're talking about, <laughs> and that we've got somebody on the opposite that's upside down. Yeah, you're upside down right now. Upside down, down. Yeah, I am upside down. I'm like a bat. <laughs> well, no, well, we could be upside down. We could be the bats. We could be. It's Wait, a matter I of do time. kind of feel like the blood's all rushing it's, to my head. <laughs> what do you recommend that we do about this problem, Stacey? You, put, you lay out some recommendations that are very humble in your paper that I really appreciate that. Can you share that with our listeners? What, what should we do about this? Yeah, so... Um, the first two points um, is approach the issue kindly and then tell people about it. So, from from my p- point of view, I'm I don't. So it's a bit personal as to my response to how to deal with it. Is that if someone just like said, "Oh, the the devil has got you. You're in line with the devil. God hates you. You shouldn't believe in this prosperity gospel." I would get really closed off to this person and not really listen to a word they say because they're coming off in a lot of hate, even if it's like righteous anger. But for me personally, I think the best way to approach the issue is in kindness and loving. So like the Bible says, as gentle as a dove, but as, uh, what's the thing? It's something Wise as a serpent. A yep. Yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah, so... You need to be wise about it. Um, Move like a butterfly, sting like a bee. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't Jesus. That was Muhammad Ali. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, that is wise. That's good. And then to inform people about it, because if I wasn't informed about it, I wouldn't be sharing it with you today. But I got informed about it by, uh, it was sort of a process, a gentle process of me starting to accept facts but to be fair I came from a church where I was always like sort of there was always some sort of doubt in my mind about it because something was just didn't sit right with me but at the same time the church had said like one of the um, doctrines in the church was that if if you feel doubt or something or uncomfortable it's obviously because the devil's trying to stop you from pursuing something because God's going to like give you some sort of huge revival so but then as as I, I was gently kind of like my eyes were being up into the prosperity sort of sense of things and the unscriptural sense of things, I started to see, okay, that's not what the Bible says. But yeah, as I'm saying, it's a process. So, and it's little information at a time to feed it to people in a way they can handle and cope with it. And even with my mom, she was a lot slower to it. And I gave her the information and she could see like from my life, I was like really getting, not like transformed by it, but really sort of living my life a bit more like it. So not, I don't know. Um, And then, because I, uh, okay. Well, anyway, the last um, point is to refine the gospel. And as I started in, in the Bible, uh, not in the Bible, I didn't start writing the Bible, but I started in my um, document thing I was writing. The f- first paragraph, it was about um, the first gospel, which was uh, the first gospel Jesus preached, which was um, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And I'm I'm relating this point to, to bringing back, stripping away all the lies of the prosperity gospel and bringing 
the gospel back into the true form it is, which is the kingdom of God and now through Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What a, what a blessing. What insight. Uh, this is just so awesome to be able to talk to you about this and, and discuss it. There's something I want to recommend. Um, John MacArthur, who I listen to a lot of, he is a secessionist. He's very much against certain things, and I don't line up with everything that he says, but the best description and exposure that I've ever heard of what we're talking about, the Word of Faith, go on YouTube and look up Word of Faith, John MacArthur, or John MacArthur, Word of Faith, and listen. He's got like a three-parter, I think, and all three parts of that, it is wonderful. And I've never heard anything better to show where that, that is. It's just demonic heresy. But I am overwhelmed. Uh, Stacy. we're going to pray for you. I really do want to yeah. pray for you. There is such a, um, a God-given discernment that you have, and you're so young. I think about what I was thinking, you know, at that time. I mean, I felt God moving on me, but I didn't have discernment. And it cost me years of frustration, years in a cult, years yeah. in this. And there's just such a beauty yeah. in the, the, the humble truths that, that, that you've been um, sharing with us today. Glenn and I definitely want to pray for you and pray for your future as God uses your artistic talents and your, your ability to, to discern. And it, God's got a special calling on your life. It's a joy to be able to, to actually receive from you. There yes. were fresh things that you may think were these old dudes on the other side of the world, but when we actually hear and you were talking about just that stuff is so fresh and so just like, oh, makes me want to worship Christ, yeah. makes me want to be pure in my motives and my doctrine and be gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent. Yeah. Thank you for Thank sharing you, with us. Your paper really opened my eyes to some things and gave me fresh a fresh view of Christ again. Uh, we are old dudes on the other side of the yeah, country. We but, are. But, but you can teach an old dog new tricks. You, <laughs> you, you can do that. Stacy. before we pray for you, I want to ask you a question. Um, would you mind if we posted this document on the Lithos Cry website for people to read? Yeah, you're completely fine to do that. Yeah. I'd like to do that because we were able to skim upon it, but it's something that people can share, and we want to encourage our listeners to share this podcast with uh, people that might be in the Word of Faith, and if you want to find and read more about Stacy's, uh, read more of Stacy's paper, check it out at LithosCry. That's L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y dot com. And if you've got any questions for Stacy, you can shoot us an email, and we'll get it to her at, at uh, LithosCry. L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail dot com. Um, I, please ask Stacy questions. She's what a gifting here. Uh, God's that, the, uh, that God's and using. Also, you can. You can shoot um, Lithoscry a mail if you want to donate to me $30 million. <laughs> <laughs> this girl was For awesome. a minimum love gift. Oh, oh, I knew. I was sitting there, you know, comedically. I was like, Stacy, there's an opportunity there when Glenn gets done talking, bust his chops and say, oh, by the way, for a, a love gift or something. So you nailed it. That's good. That's, That's really good. good. Let's go ahead and pray yeah, for Stacy. Dan, go ahead and start. Father, we, we just rejoice in the ability to be able to have a conversation with one of your saints on the other side of the world, uh, a girl so young in years, a young lady, and she's come to these truths, uh, as you said to Peter, that, that flesh and blood didn't reveal these things to you. She's come to these truths, and she's been able to see the beauty of the genuine gospel in the midst of the circus, 
of, of all the doctrinal things that are going on and it, be able to see the the beauty of real love and the beauty of real faith and and I just pray for her with with Glenn just in agreement that you would just bless her in every single area of her life move upon her more with the wisdom that you're giving to her clarify her calling and what she's going to go and do and be in the years that you've given her on this on this in this life bless her immensely just move on her by your precious spirit open up further the word to her and give her such a, a tender fellowship with you I, I just pray that i pray she would meet people and, and be in fellowship with other people that would be like-minded and that she would rejoice in you. Amen. That's good stuff. Oh, I got one. Oh, okay. So Creflo Dollar <laughs> is skateboarding with his pet kangaroo. <laughs> no, I, I, there's something there. I know there's something there. <laughs> Stacey, are you going to do any more dessert cooking tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll start another fire. <laughs> Yeah, if that if that happened with Michael Bublé, what's going to happen if you put like screamo on? So, oh yeah, he burned down the neighborhood. Yeah, there, there we go. We're going to have to get her in touch with Shannon Graham from World Breaker, who makes those blackberry pies. Oh all yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. We this is what two podcasts now about desserts. Yeah, and uh, I'm not eating carbs. You're not eating carbs. Not. No, 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 no. Stacy, thank you so much for being on with us today. And we're going to talk to you again real soon because there's another topic that you shot to me via email a couple days ago uh, that I'd really like to dive in deep as well. So we'll, we'll go there in a few few weeks. Nice. So thank you for being a part of the Get Real podcast, Stacy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good night, mate. <laughs> <laughs> good night, Stacy. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Dan, what Stacy shared with us about the prosperity gospel, blab it and grab it, if you will, is just absolutely precious. And what we're doing here with the Get Real podcast and at Lithos Cry is the heart of the people that we've talked to are is just really genuine. And this is a genuine heart. And I really believe that God wants us to make Stacy our prophetic artist of the month. Absolutely. Wholehearted agreement from here to hear from a young lady in her generation to be that young but that awakened she's woke by the spirit she is woke by the spirit yeah. and and being able to help lead her family out of uh false doctrine and that's all the rage right now i mean all this oh wow i can i can so it was not uh what do you say it wasn't flesh and blood that led her to write what she wrote so no. it was a beautiful thing so i am in 100 percent agreement with our sister down there in Owsley Land. Down under. Oh, I, I got to stop the accent. It keeps getting yeah, worse as she says. Horrible. I'm terrible. She said you were terrible. So you can check out her paper that she wrote on the prosperity gospel. We're going to post it to lithoscry.com. We'll have links to it. She will be linked on lithoscry.com as our prophetic artist of the month for the month of November. I like the comic strip when she, uh, the bird poos on your head. <laughs> she's got a sense of humor and she's got sound doctrine that's powerful yes she that's does. powerful so check us out lithoscry.com or you can email us at lithoscry at gmail.com peace out and rock on people lithoscry.com